The world lost a great technology innovator, investor, and entrepreneur in Tony Shea this past week, best known for his success at Zappos. Tony Shea set the stage for so much of how we all shop and do business online. We're going to talk about his life and his legacy with Millennial Money's Grant Sabatier here with us. It is Tuesday, December 1. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown up kitchen in New York City. And I am Grant Sabatier, the creator of Millennial Money and author of Financial Freedom, coming to you from my attic in Columbus, Ohio. Here on Money with Friends, we talk about the latest personal finance headlines. We add in insights and wisdom from our, our fantastic cast of collaborators and thought leaders, including Grant Sabatier. We mix in questions and comments from our money friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Before we get to our story, I want to talk about a different story. We're going to narrow it down to those passionate podcast listeners who are dedicated to living their best life. That's you guys, right? Well, Walgreens created a new, easier way to shop, save, and stay well just for you. It is called My Walgreens. And when you join, you'll discover personalized deals, instantly earn unlimited rewards, and receive real-time local health alerts. Join for free at mywalgreens.com. Exclusions do apply. Grant, welcome back. So glad to be back. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was wonderful. It was nice just to get out of town for a couple of days. I feel getting a little stir crazy here at the end of the year because of lockdown and was glad to get out and see some different scenery and have a nice drive and see my parents. So what about you? Uh, we had a great time. We were at home, just my immediate family, but we enjoyed a traditional turkey dinner, although I had salmon because I don't eat poultry. But anyway, I have a lot to be thankful for, and I'm really trying to focus on that these days because it continues to just drag on this situation. Oh, before I forget, Grant, congratulations. We can finally celebrate in public your success. You sold your website to Motley Fool. Yeah, Millennial Money was acquired by The Motley Fool in October in its biggest site acquisition to date. And so it was the seventh website that they purchased. And now I've signed a deal to stay on with The Motley Fool and help them grow the website. And then went from having a seven-person team to now over 450 people uh, who are behind the website. So everyone is moving quickly to scale it. And I'm excited that I get to do what I like to do and don't have to do any of the things that... Uh, come with launching and growing uh, such a large website. Well, congratulations. And I love seeing two of my favorite websites merge together and collaborate. Collaborations are always good. And we're so happy you're here to collaborate with us on Money with Friends. Let's see which one of our other friends is going to lead us into today's headlines. This is Andy from Derby, Vermont. PE ratios, stock purchase plans, Federal Reserve meetings. We must be getting ready for another episode of Money with Friends. All right. The headline that we are going to read is actually from the um, New York Times. It is by Glenn Rifkin. And it starts with Tony Shea, longtime chief of Zappos, is dead at 46. In the early days of online retailing, he realized that the key to success was making people feel comfortable and secure shopping on the internet. Tony Shea, the technology entrepreneur and venture capitalist who built Zappos into a $1 billion internet shoes and clothing powerhouse, died on this past Friday um, at a Bridgeport hospital. Um, 
it was apparently, um, and I'm just summarizing it here, um, the, uh, he was hurt in a house fire. So it was a, a real tragic situation. Um, and so, by the way, our, our heartfelt condolences to Tony's family and friends. Um, really, 46 years old. Um, gosh. Um, well, here's a little bit about Tony from this piece in the New York Times. Um, he sold his first company, Link Exchange, an online advertising network to Microsoft for $265 million. Then he became a venture capitalist and he invested in a shoe startup, which was then called ShoeSite.com. He took over as CEO eventually, and then he built the company into an internet giant. By the way, the name was changed to Zappos.com, which is an adaptation of Zapatos, the Spanish word for shoes. Um, his main thrust was getting customers to feel comfortable and secure buying online. That was really credited as the key to success and the growth. And Grant, I want to bring you in here. This was at a time when people were pretty skeptical about the idea of buying shoes online. Yeah. So Tony Shea was one of those guys. He was very successful early on in his career after selling a link network to Microsoft and had a bunch of money really to do whatever he wanted with his life and wanted to build the Amazon of shoes. And so partnered with shoesite.com, changed the name, and then not only invested his money, but really invested his time more than anything else and saw the opportunity to completely change the way that people shopped online. And the only way to do that was to really put the customer first and build Build that trust with people who historically wouldn't be shopping online. You think about the shoe business, naturally, it's something where you can't normally imagine buying shoes online. But what really piqued his interest was that at that time, about 5 to 10% of all shoe sales were actually mail order sales. And so that piqued his interest that there were people out there who were comfortable already buying shoes you know, through the mail. And so why can't you just expand that? And the way to do it is to relentlessly focus on the customer, even at the expense of Zappos in some cases, because if they didn't have a shoe, customer service agents would actually recommend another website, one of their competitors where they could find that shoe. And there's a really famous story where actually people, someone called in and ended up asking for travel recommendations from a Zappos customer (laughs) service representative. The call lasted over two and a half hours and that person actually helped them plan their travel. And so there's some of these great stories that were early PR, you know, for the company and really helped them differentiate themselves and create at a time when it's very competitive online, their own blue ocean strategy. That does not surprise me because when you read about Tony Shea, and I never met him, and I did not read his book. I know you read his book. We'll talk about that in a minute. But this New York Times article does talk about the fact that employees in the call center were actually told to engage in customers as if they were speaking to an old friend and they were supposed to just have welcoming banter and just, you know, make it feel like you were shopping with your friends. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that more companies haven't done this. And so instead of having their call centers outside the U.S., he decided to build a call center in Las Vegas and then move the entire company to Las Vegas and make it customer-focused, you know, customer-centered. And that's still something you actually don't see a lot of in the U.S. Whenever you call any brand, really, you're going to be outsourced to India or the Philippines or somewhere else. And so I think he was an early innovator. And there's still a lot. Of, you know, he did this over 10 years ago and companies still haven't caught up to, he was that revolutionary. Yeah, absolutely. What did we learn? What did you learn? I should say, because I did not read his book, but he did write a book, Delivering Happiness in 2010, and it described his customer service philosophy. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So I think it's the simple idea that whenever you're selling anything, 
you, you know, you need to humanize your brand. It needs to be a human to human interaction. You need to personalize the internet. And so putting the customer first, this idea of delivering happiness, you want people to have an immense amount of excitement and joy when they get, uh, you know, their shoes or their packages and, and even make it easy for them to, to return. And so he, he eliminated all those friction points. One of the biggest things that he did was just put the phone number front and center on everything. This is at a time, and you still see this now, where you have to search for the phone number of the company to cancel your subscription or to return anything or actually talk to a real person. Zappos at this time had their number literally in the header of their website. It was on all their boxes. It was it was really front and center uh, in, in everything that they do. And he wanted people to call and engage uh, with, with the brand because then that would create loyalty. And when you can build loyalty, when you can build a brand, that's what's going to differentiate you in an increasingly competitive space. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very simple. Make people happy and they'll come back and buy more. So true. And look, he also worked hard to take away the friction from buying shoes online. So he encouraged people to buy it in more than one size, then it's okay to return it. So if you didn't know if you were a size seven or seven and a half, buy both. They're not going to give you trouble about returning them. I feel like other companies like Warby, Bar- Warby Parker comes to mind where they just said, we're going to send you more than you need, knowing that you're going to return most of them so that you find one you like. And, and it takes away that barrier and that just the pain point of returning things. I mean, I have definitely bought shoes from Zappos at full price when I could have gotten them at a discount somewhere else, just knowing that they're going to arrive in two days, because that's another thing. They arrive reliably, I believe still, but in my experience, it's always been in two days and there's no trouble sending them back. It's just easy. And a lot of times easy is more important than the cheapest price. Yeah, I was actually amazed, although the article didn't talk about it, just over time seeing the huge impact that Tony Shea's philosophy actually had on Amazon. And so you might not know that Amazon acquired Zappos for, I believe, a billion dollars. And I believe that Zappos was doing all that free shipping before Amazon Prime even existed. And so you see a lot of the masterwork of Tony Shea in Amazon today and really a core part of their own identity. And so he had that, that ripple as well. And yeah, it was one of the things where uh, you know, he invested in a significant amount of money because they were losing money at first when it came to allowing people to ship back whatever they wanted. But in anything in business, you know, can you create a differentiator around your brand? Can you do something different? And first, that not only delights the customer, but also is a masterful PR move because everyone was writing about Tony Shea. And then he became kind of the reluctant management guru in a lot of ways, came out with this book that was kind of so different than everyone was thinking about online business that it really, uh, you know, he exploded onto the scene uh, and became such a such a revolutionary force in business. You know, he's one of those guys that was always willing to push the envelope and try new things. And I remember laughing when I learned that he lived in an Airstream trailer in a tiny home park in downtown Las Vegas. And I've actually been to the container mall that he built down there. And it's super cool right in downtown. Uh, and he was just a cool guy, you know, clearly loved life, didn't have any kids. And unfortunately, uh, actually just retired this summer from Zappos uh, after being there about 20 years and uh, died in the house fire. He was visiting his brothers on his brother's vacation home. Uh, and um, just one of those accidents that uh, you know, no one could have, could have foreseen. 
Yeah, it's really, it's, it's tragic. Um, but he really did leave a mark. He's very, um, if you listen to interviews with Tony Shea, he's very soft spoken, very much an introvert. And he talks about the fact that he tried to hire different personalities and how important the company culture was. And in fact, one of the reasons he sold his first company, that link exchange to Microsoft was because he felt he'd kind of lost control of the company corporate culture. And that as the company grew, it was very different. And so that really, I think, informed how he was very um, on top of how Zappos grew and how he retained that corporate culture. It was very important to him. I think one of the things that's really interesting too is just the impact that he was able to have through his business. So we often think about companies or capitalism as destroying things and exploiting things and exploiting people. And he was such a shining example of the amazing byproducts of starting a business and creating a great company culture. You know, I know his mother famously wanted him to go get a PhD or become a doctor, but he was really inspired by the idea that a business could transform lives and transform communities. And so a lot of the things he was talking about 10, 15 years ago are now more commonplace, you know, within within corporate culture. And it takes those revolutionary thinkers just to help people question the way that things were. And I, I didn't realize he was so young. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the things that that struck me in the obit, just how he had done all of this you know, so, so early on and clearly was a guy that delighted in life and delighted in helping people and used his platform really for, for good, uh, in addition to making a lot of money. And that's one of those things that he was financially independent so early that he eliminated this idea of risk and could just go out and build the things that he believed in. Um, and that freed him up to, to do so many amazing things. Yeah, and he started, by the way, Zappos, the way he got involved there, as we mentioned, was as an investment and as, you know, part of that philosophy. So I think that was really meaningful. Grant, time for takeaways. What is your takeaway? A few things. The first one is that it often pays to think in counterintuitive ways about a particular business as not only a good business strategy, but also a good PR strategy. Number two, when you're launching any company or thinking about launching any company, think very hard from the beginning uh, around the role that you want to play as a person in that company. So Tony Shea was unquestionably the face of Zappos. Jeff Bezos is unquestionably the face of Amazon. Increasingly, you're seeing the most successful companies have a charismatic individual at the front of them, Sarah Blakely, you know, all these people. And so I see a lot of entrepreneurs launching companies today that try to hide in the background when Tony Shea is the perfect example of a guy who was able to humanize his brand and people not only believed in Zappos, they believed in him. And so think about in starting your business, what role that you actually want to play and increasingly, he was really one of the first that came out and was that that personality uh, and the company embodied everything that he was about. And really kind of number two, going back to this idea that is often forgotten in business, you can get away with it for a little while, but the customer or the companies that are most successful are the ones that put the customer first and think about the customer and how to delight them, as Tony Shea would say, or how to deliver happiness. And so never forget 
whoever you're, you know, whether it's a podcast listener or someone who's going to read your book or go to your website or buy your product, try to give as much value as you can for them and put yourself in their shoes. The easiest way to do that is to actually talk with them, create an open line of communication. I know Tony Shea, just like uh, Jeff Bezos, had an easy way for customers to reach him so he could learn about their concerns and what he could improve in his company. So whenever you're launching any venture, think about how you want to be front and center and how you can ultimately uh, please the customer because at the end of the day, they're the ones who are going to you know, hopefully keep coming back. I see a lot of young entrepreneurs, especially not focusing on the customer. And there's a lot you can learn from Tony Shea. If you have even you know, a small interest in this topic, his book, Delivering Happiness, is, is well worth the time, well worth the read. It's very quick. And no matter what you do, uh, I believe it, it'll have a positive impact in your life. Something tells me that book is going to be flying off the shelves this week. Grant, that you, you really nailed it. I don't have that much to add to it other than ditto. Um, but I think what you brought out is so important. He humanized these transactions that happen through machines. And by doing that, that led to his success and really set a standard for how we got over a lot of the reluctance to buy products online. Because there was this huge reluctance to take a chance, especially with something like shoes. And the irony, by the way, is that Tony Shea reportedly only had a handful of shoes, if that, you know, three or four pairs of shoes. I think he said he had a pair of sneakers and a pair of flip-flops, and that was kind of it. He wasn't into shoes. You know, he was into customer relations and serving customers, and shoes just happened to be what the website sold. It's kind of remarkable to think that if he happened to stumble on a different investment, that would have been the successful one because of Tony Shea. So I love what you said. Um, but again, finding that human tech, human connection through technology was so important in what otherwise would have just been transactional relationships. And, you know, price cutting only goes so far. People will buy from Zappos because of the culture that he created and that promise to customers. So I think that's so special and one of so many wonderful ways that he will be remembered and that his legacy will live on. Um, thank you for all your thoughts on this show, Grant. Tell us where people can find you and learn out more about everything that you're working on these days. Yeah, the best way is to just go to grantsabatier.com. Even if you can't spell my last name, just try to type it and Google will f finish it for you. Uh, you can check out all the cool stuff I have going on there. Find my podcast and find my book and uh, stay tuned for what I have going on in my life. Okay. Well, you'll update us on future shows because you're going to be back on Wednesday's show and then you're going to be back for your final couple shows next month. Um, you guys can learn more about Grant and all of our thought leaders slash collaborators on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. So check that out. Also, please follow us on Instagram at moneyfriendspod. That is also our handle on Twitter. And we are working so hard to grow our YouTube channel. So please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for Money With Friends. And we would love to have you join us there. You can watch us record these uh these episodes on camera and be part of the show. It's a lot of fun. On that note, we will be back on Wednesday tomorrow. Grant will be back. We're going to be talking about the man who called Dow 20,000 is saying three factors will make 2021 a very good year for stocks. I'm going to do a little spoiler. It's Professor Jeremy Siegel. He's amazing. So if you're a fan of his, which I think we all are, come back tomorrow. Come back. Even if you're, if you're not into him, you probably will be after you hear what he has to say. Pretty good stuff. And we'll see you tomorrow on Money with Friends. Thanks, everyone. 
This show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I am Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends.